Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, the group stages of this World Cup, this very bizarre World Cup, are over. The last 16 is over and we've finally got some rest days, or at least the players have. Here at What If Football, we're not resting. We're going to continue with our series of World Cup rewinds. Of course, the quarterfinals are to come later on today, but we're going to delve into the history of the World Cup. To 1954, the magical Magyars, to 1958 and 62, to Pele, to Brazil... And of course, of course, 1966, England and their only triumph. Let's get stuck straight in. We are here every morning here on the Sports Social Network and, of course, on YouTube and anywhere else you get your podcast every single morning by the time you wake up or for your commute or if you're working from home before your workday, essentially. My workday is watching the football and talking about it, essentially. Every day during the tournament, we'll be doing just that the World Cup Great Games podcast over there and that there, Patreon, for just £1 a month. Of course, we're going to continue every single day on YouTube with what-if videos from the history of the World Cup. And this podcast will be part rewind from now on in and part looking at the business end of the World Cup. Can you get the business end of a World Cup? Probably you can do. We'll go back to 1954. Welcome to Switzerland and welcome to... Quite a rough format, really. We're up in terms of teams attempting to qualify to 57 attempting to qualify for just 16 places. And so we finally got, finally got the four groups of four formats and into a quarterfinal. Peak World Cup here and now peak European Championships with the improvement of the sport. And finally, it's probably one of the first, maybe aside from the... the dodgy group format, just playing two games per group stages, something akin to feeling like a World Cup. The opening one did two with the group phase and then semi-finals, but this, with the quarterfinals onwards, does feel like a World Cup. Of course, we'll uh, we'll get into tomorrow, or rather the next Rewind episode, when FIFA changed the, the format once again in the 1970s. We'll uh, delve into something completely different. There, but 
Another addition, we have got the advent of television. So this is the first World Cup that is televised. So that's a plus point, maybe something that doesn't quite strip away the uh, the extra time in the group games and the two group games apiece, but uh, there we are. Take the rough with the smooth, shall we? Germany. Now West Germany, of course. They were welcomed back in from the cold. They were overcoming the... Uh, the likes of Saarland and Norway in quite a comfortable group. They weren't fancied whatsoever for this World Cup, considering the group that they had drawn. We'll get onto that in a minute. Scotland this time finally obeyed FIFA and accepted qualification for finishing second in the home championships, of course, to England, and both would be at the World Cup for the first time, at the first of many, many occasions. And this was Brazil's first ever attempt at qualifying after the buys of 1934 and 1938. The invitation for 1930, and of course they hosted the 1950 tournament, didn't they? Which we've, of course, discussed on yesterday's podcast, which if you haven't checked it out, we'll, we rewound all the way back to 1930 and through to the Maracanazo final of 1950. Of course... Let's go by group by group, and of course the the headline group was between Hungary, West Germany, Turkey, and South Korea. The favourites were Hungary, of course, having won the Olympics in 1952. They had the golden team, Frank Puskas. They had Sandor Coxis, and they had the likes of Hidiguti, Zoltan Sibor, Tot, and Joseph Boxix as well. They didn't need to qualify as well, and um, after Poland withdrew and Iceland's entry was rejected by FIFA, but they didn't have quite the preparation for the tournament, which has been immortalised, probably more so, maybe more so in England, after uh, slapping them 13 goals to four across two games. And uh, led by Gustav Sebes, they stuck another 17 goals beyond the likes of Turkey and West Germany in the the group stages at the tournament. And uh, whilst Germany might not have picked their strongest 11, it certainly wasn't weak. They had quite a lot of players who would then go on to play in the final also against Hungary, of course. But they didn't have, they didn't put in their entire effort. They didn't put in their um, strongest 11. They didn't, tactically, they weren't, they were holding back somewhat because they knew the safety net because there was no goal difference. Tiebreaker, they had already beaten Turkey. They they knew they could beat them again and um, promptly would do so in the playoffs, of course. And uh, this game had significant ramifications as the Werner Leibrich injured Frank Puskas, and Puskas wouldn't be back until the final, and even then his ankle was uh, far from fully fit, and therefore one of the, well, would have been the the greatest player at the tournament was uh, far from full fitness, but simply had to play. The 8-3 win for Hungary over West Germany saw them through, and of course West Germany would go on to Progress alongside them, they'd beaten Turkey in their very first match 4-1 and beat them 7-2 in the playoff to progress. Group A, we had Brazil, Yugoslavia, France and Mexico. As was the style at the time, Brazil had finally adapted to a three-man defence. Perhaps the humiliation of losing to Uruguay in the 1950 final. And of course, they had some new colours to don. They were no longer playing in the in the white and blue trim, because it was seen as a curse after the Uruguay contest, they were now in their now famous yellow and blue. They'd left out the likes of Zizinho, Adamier and Jair, and they'd picked Jaume Santos and Nilton Santos, so a bit of a transition for the Selecao. Yugoslavia were the strongest opponent in that group. They had a steady enough team, likes of uh, Kajowski, Vukas, Mulintinov, Mitic and Bobic, they were the main instigators. And of course for France, they were containing a very, very young Raymond Koper who was uh, turning out for Stade de Rams at the time. And uh, he scored an 88th minute penalty to beat Mexico 3-2. Meanwhile, of course, Brazil and Yugoslavia went to extra time in the group stages and um, essentially drew and it suited both teams because they both went through as they uh, went through to the drawing of lots because it was between first and second place. FIFA just said, let's draw the lots, and Brazil won it, and uh, therefore they would uh, both face very di- very different opponents, Brazil facing Hungary. So in, in winning the drawing of the lots, 
didn't particularly win all that much. In terms of Group C, we had Uruguay, champions of the world, of course. We had Austria, Czechoslovakia and Scotland. Uruguay were rebuilding the likes of um, Julio Bardi and Javier Ambra. They were in for Gigia, the of course, the hero of 1950 tournament. It was quite a tricky group on paper. You never quite knew where you stood with Austria and Czechoslovakia, always tough Eastern European, Central European opponents. And um, Czechoslovakia were a team ultimately, though, that hadn't recovered from the war. And Austria, as was often the case, they were always slightly past their peak in terms of the team that they would be able to put out um, when it came round to a World Cup. And meanwhile, Scotland were essentially rookies at this stage, debutants, and they missed the likes of Laurie Rayleigh. And uh, we're unfortunate not to win two penalties against the Austrians. And Ernst Happel was um, would have been on the receiving end. Fouled, he fouled a Scottish attacker and handballed the ball, but neither were uh, neither were given. Austria beat them one nil, and Scotland went into a match with Uruguay needing to beat them. Unfortunately, they got readily thrashed seven nil after. Uh, some ructions in the camp, Andy Beatty, the uh, manager, he wanted full control. Meanwhile, the Scottish committee, they weren't going to give him that. You see a similar story in the past with England and Walter Winterbottom and Alf Ramsey constantly vying for control. And Uruguay topped the group and that was earned by the drawing of the lots. And they drew England whilst Austria drew the hosts, Switzerland. Speaking of, England and Switzerland... They joined Italy and Belgium in Group D. And in the England team, you still have the likes of Sir Stanley Matthews, Sir Tom Finney and Billy Wright, whilst uh, Nat Lofthouse and Ivor Brodis were up top as well. Italy still contained the likes of Gian Piero Boniperti as well. Belgium, they'd shocked the world by eliminating Sweden from qualification, of course. The uh, two-time Olympic finalist most recently and... um, Unfortunately, Belgium's only point came in a 4-4 draw against England and um, England qualified with a win over the hosts, which essentially means that Switzerland versus Italy, that determined the result of qualification. And as we've seen with uh, these first few World Cups, refereeing wasn't at its best, certainly when hosts were involved and uh, Italy didn't receive a number of penalties they thought they might have done and Mario Vajana, the referee, ruled out Lorenzi's would-be winner for Italy and Switzerland claimed a late winner themselves which would take the game to a playoff like we've seen with Turkey and West Germany and in the end Italian indiscipline and probably frustration with the first game it, it really came to the fore in the uh, in the in the playoff there in Switzerland. Won out four one in order to draw, of course, Austria, which a very good chance for Switzerland to uh, to better their previous best of the quarterfinals and as hosts make the semi final, maybe even final. But as we went through the knockout stage, we had the likes of Brazil versus Hungary, who played out uh, a well a bruising battle, the battle of Bern in the quarterfinal. Brazil players invaded the Hungarian dressing room after what was a 4-2 win for the Hungarians. And um, Brazil's Pinheiro got a cut to the face, as did Hungary's manager, Gustav Sebes. Uh, there were three sendings off in the game too, so it's just one of uh, one of many early games in these World Cups that probably only really truly ends in 1966. There's odd outliers, of course, where usually between South American and European teams, we see it with... Uh, we see it with Italy and Chile in uh, in 1962, which we'll discuss later on, and to an extent, Brazil in 1966, Argentina in 1966 as well. That was really the height of the uh, the sort of suspicions between the two continents, really. Uruguay met England in another quarterfinal. Uruguay far, far superior despite injuries to key players. And um, in conceding immediately in the second half to make it 3-1, England didn't really stand much of a chance. And let's be honest, Uruguay were the reigning world champion, still hadn't lost a game of World Cup football. And um, that ended 4-2. Austria and Switzerland outdid them and played out a ridiculous 12-goal humdinger. Switzerland might have led 3-0 inside 19 minutes, but by the 34th minute, they trailed 5-3 and eventually lost 7-5. And it did have something to do with the Switzerland's key player, their captain and centre-half, Roger Bocke, he was playing through a tumour. Yes, a tumour. We talk about Bert Troutman with a broken neck. Here we've got Switzerland's 
main man playing a professional World Cup quarter final with a tumour, and of course, Switzerland's defence was uh, very, very leaky in the end. Germany versus Yugoslavia was the final. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quarterfinal, the first of a trilogy in terms of World Cup quarterfinals between the pair and. Uh, West Germany's win over Yugoslavia, 2-0 win, comparatively quieter quarterfinal when you compare it with the other three, um, was uh, somewhat seen somewhat of a shock as uh, West Germany tiptoed through there to face, of course, Austria. Hungary, though, they played out a one of the, supposedly one of the greatest all-time World Cup matches. Another 4-2 result for Uruguay, but they were on the wrong end end of it and um, they were 2-0 down going late on but uh, Hungary were pegged back and taking it to extra time where unfortunately for the Uruguayans Sandor Coxy struck in added time whilst Uruguay were down to 10 men a player receiving treatment and that is ultimately Uruguay's first loss in a World Cup of course 1934 and 1938 they did not participate and of course either side of that they were world champions West Germany would join Hungary in the final, of course. Austria were fairly expectant of a win and they brought back the out-of-form goalkeeper, Walter Zeman. Ultimately, he was at fault for four of the six goals that uh, Austria would concede. Two crosses and two from corner, so you can see really where um, where his weakness lie. Fritz Walter scored two penalties to boot for the West Germans and it joins the 1930 semi-finals for the biggest semi-final wins for the time being anyway. So, of course, the final was Hungary. It was West Germany. And Frank Puskas did play in front of um, what was largely a German crowd in Bern, an incredibly open game of football. Hungary, 2-0 up inside eight minutes of football. Frank Puskas, Zoltan Sibor scoring the goals there, only for, of course, Germany to level through Max Morlock and Helmut Rahm inside 18 minutes. And then... We had what was, of course, blighted by injury. Frank Puskas was wasteful in front of goal. Helmut Rand scored late on. And Puskas thought he had an equaliser very, very late on. Um, but eyewitness accounts, neutral eyewitness accounts, state that he was probably incorrectly ruled offside. And what could have been a an extra 30 minutes of Hungarian pressure was, unfortunately, a match over with West Germany. Following the uh, cue from Uruguay four years prior in stunning the World Cup favourites. And of course, Hungary would never, never return to the final and uh, would have very few days left in World Cup knockout phase matches. So we move on to Sweden after this. Very short break for the 1958 World Cup and a certain teenager who is just about ready to light up the world of football. Welcome back. It's 1958 and the hosts were Sweden. And because they were hosting the showpiece event of football, they allowed professionals to come and play for the national team. George Rayner was back as coach. And the likes of Gunnar Gren, Niels Langholm, and Gunnar Nordahl were all welcomed back. They all played for AC Milan, of course, as we mentioned in the previous rewind. You've got the likes of Nax Gogland, Kurt Hamrin and Julie Gustafsson, who all played their football in in, in uh, Italy as well for various clubs, Inter Milan, Juventus, Atalanta, etc. So Sweden were given somewhat of a good chance. Brazil were in a group, in a very, very tough group with the Soviet Union, with England, with Austria. But here though, they were organised, a bit more organised under Vicente but still, even regards to that, key players almost didn't make it. Didi almost didn't make the cut. Pele, a young, young talent from Santos, was doubtful as he was injured and Fayola didn't trust Garincha. 
and uh, he had to be brought back, brought around in terms of the respects of those three players. And by the end of the groups, Brazil were at total harmony. Pele and Garincha were in the starting lineup. Didi, of course, was starring. And in the match where all three played, they battered the Soviet Union 2-0. And this is a Soviet Union team, with, of course, with the likes of Lev Yashin in there and Neto, who were their star players. Meanwhile, England, they were unfortunately blighted by the Munich air disaster, which claimed the lives of the likes of um, Roger Byrne, Tommy Taylor and Duncan Edwards. Meanwhile, Bobby Charlton, who was one of the leading lights for England, didn't play, understandably. And England only brought 20 of the allotted 22 players, leaving the likes of Stanley Matthews and Nat Lofthouse at home and Tom Finney was injured and England, as a result, relied on Fulham striker Johnny Haynes up front. They were unfortunate not to lead against Brazil, but ultimately it was a World Cup where England were very blunt up front and unfortunately didn't deserve it. It was three group playoffs decided, all by British teams. And uh, in the first instance here, we've got England against Soviet Union, a very tired England losing fairly understandably to the Soviet Union, and by that point, they weren't favourites to make it out of the group. We go to France in a group who were favourites to make it out, alongside Yugoslavia, and they were paired off with Paraguay and Scotland. In terms of the whole World Cup, France weren't considered too much of a threat, although they did have, in terms of a club level, Stade de Rams making European Cup finals. One of those former Rams players was Raymond Cooper, and he was playing his football at Real Madrid, where he was shunted out onto the wing. For France, though, he was their main threat, centrally. René Biard was due to join him in the squad up front, but injured his ankle, and therefore one of the, the great French sliding doors moments in World Cup history takes place, as Just Fontaine makes a, a late claim for his central striking role and the relationship between Fontaine and Copa blossomed. Fontaine scored a quite ridiculous 13 goals across the tournament which of course don't need me to say it is a record for a single tournament. He of course then becomes the greatest World Cup scorer for quite some time um, for a couple of decades there and um, France would thrash Paraguay 7-3 but they were stunned by a tricky Yugoslavia outfit on the on the counter who Yugoslavia always a troublesome team in the uh, well in the World Cup for the first few decades. Scotland missed a penalty, and um, we have France going through. Scotland's only point was, funnily enough, against the uh, trickiest opponent of the lot, and that was Yugoslavia. Here, of course, we're playing three group games, so we do have probably the first instance of a World Cup that looks exactly like a tournament should do, in in my opinion, anyway. So we go to another group. We've got Sweden, who were hosts and favourites out of this group, and they were meeting the likes of Mexico, the 1954 finalists, Hungary and Wales. Wales incredibly lucky to be at the tournaments. Uh, they were eliminated by Czechoslovakia in qualification, but Israel's opponents withdrew, and FIFA pulled Wales out of the hat to draw a lucky loser, and um, Wales in winning that match, were then qualified. And they had the likes of Ivor Oldchurch, you've got John Charles, of course, and Jack Kelsey, and managed by Jimmy Murphy as well. And because of the Hungary, Hungarian Revolution, Wales were outside bet to qualify and did so, of course, eliminating Hungary from the playoffs coming from behind. You only had the likes of Nando Hidiguti and Joseph Bosek remaining and were unfortunately over the hill by, by this point. Um, the revolution, of course, ended the international careers, at least for Hungary, for the likes of Coxis and Buskas and Zoltan Sibor, who were their strongest names, obviously. And we had yet more British interest uh, with the likes of uh, Northern Ireland, or at least United Kingdom interest, I should say. And they were paired off with um, some of the huge names of world football. Argentina, they were back. Czechoslovakia, always a strong opponent. And of course, world champions, West Germany. West Germany had regained their reputation despite claims of an epidemic of jaundice in their team, which was... Uh, attempting to prove that the West Germans were doping in 1954, anything to um, right the uh, apparent wrongs of their winning of the World Cup final. Uh, but it's largely unfounded myths, so we won't go into that tinfoil hat 
somewhere. Nobody tell Matt Letizia, please. Um, West Germany had changed somewhat. You've got Fritz Walter and uh, Helmut Rahn remaining, though. Uwe Seeler, a very, very young Uwe Seeler, was in the squad. And uh, you can see his importance almost immediately. Seeler, alongside Helmut Rahn, scored all, all but one group goal for the West Germans as they topped it fairly comfortably. Northern Ireland, what were they doing in a World Cup? Well, they had stunned Italy to get to the tournament. First time, well, one of the rare times that Italy would not make the World Cup. And Northern Ireland had to fight to play on Sundays too. And uh, considering that their games against Czechoslovakia and West Germany were both on Sunday, was uh, quite the uphill battle. And they ultimately went unbeaten on Sunday. And... uh, Northern Ireland didn't have a bad team at all. They were managed by Peter Doherty. They had the likes of Harry Gregg and Goal, the Blanche Flower brothers, of course, Billy Bingham, of course, who would go on to manage the uh, nation, and Jimmy McElroy as well. They would lose to uh, the bottom team of the group, Argentina, who essentially were regretting the sales of the uh, Trio de la Muerte, the uh, likes of Angelilio, Sivori, and Machio. They all departed for Italy and therefore couldn't play for their national team. Their tournament it was ultimately remembered by the humiliation to Czechoslovakia, a 6-1 loss which changed the very future of Argentine football. It changed the expressive nature of the Albi Celeste and turned them into uh, a more negative, more hard-nosed team. They were hounded through Buenos Aires airport upon their return. And in the playoff, we had Northern Ireland versus Czechoslovakia to get through to the quarterfinals. And despite a litany of injuries, the Northern Irish went through and through extra time against the Czechs as well. So we move through to the knockout phase. We have what Pele deems his most important goal of his career. Yes, it came against Wales and it was a, the only goal of the game, a game which... Uh, Brazil won 1-0 to progress to a semi-final against France. Of course, Wales missing. John Charles there, they'd done an incredible job to hang on, hang on to the uh, to the nil-nil for such a long time until, of course, a certain 17-year-old pops up with a winning goal. And uh, Wales now, of course, back at the World Cup for the first time since that match. France were only found out thanks to five of the best from Brazil, which included a hat-trick from, obviously, that 17-year-old called Pele after after France had eliminated Northern Ireland fairly comfortably 4-0. Those injuries, of course, were always going to uh, pay off in the end, and unfortunately for Northern Ireland, it came at the hands of Cooper and Fontaine in the quarterfinals. But their journey would end 5-2 to Brazil, and Brazil... Some way away from home, but were hoping to uh, finally get their hands on the World Cup that they believed they should have won some eight years prior. Sweden, the hosts, of course, were playing Soviet Union in the quarterfinals and they broke down the Soviets in the quarterfinal second half. Then, after Hamrin had conned the ref into sending off a Soviet player and Volta was injured... Uh, a West German player was injured rather. They were beating the West Germans 3-1 in the semi-final. And if you need me to spell out who West Germany beat in the quarterfinals, it was, of course, Yugoslavia, as was the style in the 50s and 60s, as we will find out after the break there. And, of course, the final was Brazil versus Sweden. George Rayner played his trick of attempting to score early on, as we saw in the 1950. World Cup final group stage to uh, in order to panic the opposition. And whilst they didn't in 1950, they certainly did at home in uh, in 1958. Um, whilst this could have been a... It was def- definitely a certain ploy for Sweden to score early, sit back and hope to strangle the life out of the game. Brazil instead smashed them for five and, of course, Pelé scoring two iconic goals in and amongst that. So Brazil had finally got their hands on the World Cup trophy, just in time for the World Cup to return to South America. Of course, Brazil would be the only nation from South America to win the World Cup in Europe, and that is still still a fact to this day. After this short break, we will go to Chile and to 1962. Welcome back. Chile were rocked by earthquakes and pleaded with FIFA to give them the World Cup. Just like Uruguay in 1930, just like Brazil in 1950, 
Chile built a sparkling new stadium in their capital of Santiago. There were rumblings of discontent from outsiders in the build-up to the tournament, most famously from two Italian journalists who declared the country backward amongst other unmentionables, which, of course, we'll get to in just a short while. So we go to Brazil, the world champions. We've got to start with them, haven't we, really? They were drawn into a fairly tough group, Czechoslovakia, Mexico and Spain were their group opponents. And Brazil were... Tweaking things ever so slightly. So in 1958, they played with a 4-2-4 with Mario Zagallo very high and wide on the left there. But in dropping deeper, almost becoming a shuttler, Zagallo was the uh, crux of this entire tournament for Brazil, where, of course, Pele was was the main man in 1958. It was seen as a defensive ploy to move to a 4-3-3, which... Um, Slightly rings hollow now, doesn't it? But uh, there we are. And of course, after Pele's injury midway through the group phase, this tournament, of course, became renowned, renowned for the the exploits of a certain Garincha. There was a change in management for Brazil as well. Vicente Fiola, who managed Brazil to the 1958 World Cup, was ill, so stood down and Moreira came in. The likes of Didi and Vava spent some time away from the national team, having signed for Real Madrid, uh, but returned to Brazil just in time to be made available for the national team. And um, the main threat to Brazil's crown, if that Moreira feared anyway, was Czechoslovakia for both their technique and athleticism. Czechoslovakia, as we see quite a lot, so from Italy in the late 1940s with the Torino team, with Hungary with the team from Honved. Czechoslovakia were largely built from Dukla Prague with the likes of Joseph Masopust and Pluskal, Poplar and uh, Shirov. Um, Spain, they were dark horses as well. Helenio Herrera was their manager after, well, he was about to revolutionise football at Inter Milan. Alfredo Di Stefano was um, an expat and he was uh, from Argentina and he could have played but unfortunately went down with injury. And um, Luis Suarez was there, of course, as well. Another expat from uh, South America as well. Puskas and Paco Genta were there as well. And um, it was really a team from Spain, from all over the globe. Um, of course, Puskas being uh, naturalised in Spain after the Hungarian Revolution. Unfortunately for all those attacking talents, Elenio Herrera was ultimately Catanacho. And of course, this being 1962's World Cup, Brazil and Czechoslovakia would make up the final, so there was no space for Mexico or Spain in the quarterfinals. So let's return to Chile in terms of the Group B, where they met West Germany, Italy and Switzerland. Italy, they were controlled by Catanacho, but ultimately struggled to qualify against Israel. For, of course, they were missing in action in the 1958 World Cup. They still had plenty of Oriundi, though, which... Um, pissed a certain amount of the locals off because um, they were scouting essentially for Chilean talent quite um, quite obviously. Scouts hanging around the, all the South American training camps, which didn't really help to uh, onset the Battle of Santiago, which of course we uh, referred to at the start with those two famous Italian journalists who uh, riled up the locals there. And um, in terms of positive from the Battle of Santiago, it helped launch the career of referee Ken Aston, which we'll be uh, discussing in the final segment of today's show. That was uh, one of the, well, the third of four games which are attributed with uh, with the battle moniker, of course. We would have to wait a long, long time for another one, although there are plenty of bruising occasions in the next couple of tournaments, which we'll, of course, get on to. Meanwhile, West Germany, they had quite a handy team. Uwe Seeler was now experienced and you had the likes of uh, Schnellinger joining their team. And uh, Switzerland made up the group, having beaten and shocked Sweden to the tournament. Uh, meanwhile, Chile had their main man, Lionel Sanchez. They weren't too bad either and topped the group alongside West Germany to go through to the quarterfinals. Meanwhile, in uh, England's group, they were drawn with Hungary, Argentina and Bulgaria. So quite... The difficult group there, in spite of Hungary's change after the revolution, of course. Argentina were on their home continent, so could be seen as uh, as dark horses. Here we had Walter Winterbottom coaching in his final World Cup, and we had the big transition ahead of 
England hosting the World Cup. Bobby Charlton this time did play in the tournament. Jimmy Greaves was in, Bobby Moore was in, and Johnny Haynes led the line again. And um, funnily enough, England were um, unfortunately lacking a culture defender, which uh, some may point to uh, as a problem these days, some 60 years on. But anyway, Bobby Robson was injured in the build-up to the tournament. Meanwhile, Argentina, they look to be on the way back via new coach uh, Juan Carlos Lorenzo. They also had Marcelini in defence and San Filippo was the uh, the star attraction for the Argentines. We mentioned earlier about che- Czechoslovakia and Dukla Prague. Well, Bulgaria were built similarly, taking most of their talent from CSKA Moscow, uh, CSKA Sofia rather. That was a bit of a slip up. Hungary, they were hard to break down and um, had the likes of Florian Albert, who was attempting to uh, shoulder all that reputation that they'd built up during the 50s. And uh, Albert was incredibly influential in a def- in a win over England in the group. England, though, they bounced back and they had probably their greatest performance in a World Cup pre-1966 with a 3-1 win over Argentina, a team they wouldn't beat apart from 1966 up until... 2002. Despite not being able to break down Bulgaria in the final match, they would qualify alongside Hungary. Um, Florian Albert was uh, taking the World Cup by storm. He netted a hat-trick against Bulgaria and their nil-nil against Argentina meant Hungary would face Czechoslovakia and not Brazil. So this is the very first instance of England in settling for second, ending up with the stronger team, the stronger opponent in the knockout phase. So the final group, we have got Yugoslavia, we've got Soviet Union, we've got Uruguay, and we've got debutants, Colombia. So Soviet Union had quite the team. They had, of course, Lev Yashin and Neto, who we mentioned earlier on. They had Ivanov, they had Voronin, they had Metriveli, and they had Mechke. They couldn't break down a lucky Uruguay who uh, who beat them 2-1, despite Soviet Union thrashing them 5-0 in a friendly. Colombia in their first World Cup, they stunned the Soviet Union as well by scoring four in a in a madcap 4-4 draw, but unfortunately they had run out of steam by the time they played Yugoslavia, one of the uh, favourites to progress, and they were beaten 5-0. Yugoslavia's prize for winning that, of course, it is a quarter-final with West Germany, and uh, they would beat a West German team, third-time lucky, playing um, about as catenaccio as uh, Italy had done, or would do as time went on. Also, we had Brazil progressing, of course. Amarildo was becoming key as Pele's replacement, and they would beat England 3-1. And obviously, despite Amarildo replacing Pele, it was the headliners of Garincha and Vava. Garincha scored two against England and Chile. Vava scored against England and two more against Chile in a 4-2 win over the host to make it to the final. Chile were sort of seeing, um, well, football as a whole was becoming more defensive. As we mentioned, German, West German teams were playing Catanacho, Italy, of course, were. Spain were fairly defensive too. And obviously, as I mentioned before, Brazil's transition from a 4-2-4 into a 4-3-3 was seen as, on the whole, very defensive. Chile followed in their footsteps too, but of course, quality over the pitch paid off for Brazil and uh, they were far, far stronger than their counterparts. Garincha was sent off in that semi-final, but somehow was spared the uh, suspension for the final. And of course, that would come more pertinent as we move through these World Cups. On the other half of the draw, we had Czechoslovakia becoming the uh, strongest of the European teams as they beat both Hungary and Yugoslavia. Scherer scoring three crucial goals as um, they wound up in the final with Brazil. They were clear underdogs, but they would go through ahead against uh, Brazil. Joseph Massapus scoring the scoring the goal in the uh, in the final to put the Czechs 1-0 up. Unfortunately for them, they would run out of steam. Amarildo, though, as we mentioned, was key and he equalised in the final and then Zito and Vava scored in a game where Garincha dominated. And therefore we have Brazil following Italy's suit in retaining the trophy and were, by the time the World Cup in England came around, were favourites to make it three in a row. We'll find out if they could do it after this short break. 
Welcome back. It's 1966, of course. Famous for uh, it being hosted in England. So let's start with England. Alf Ramsey was the manager now taking over from Walter Winterbottom, but he wasn't the first choice to take over. It was uh, Burnley's Jimmy Adamson who uh, was offered the job, but turned it down and how different life may have been had he uh, taken the job. Burnley, of course, were... Very successful around the late 50s and early 60s and um, his Burnley team were pipped to uh, the league title by Alf Ramsey's Ipswich, of course. Nobby Styles was in as a destroyer and Martin Peters and Roger Hunt were new into the squad. Gordon Banks in goal too. Jimmy Greaves continued up front but as he got injured throughout the group phases, he was subbed for Jeff Hurst. A 1964 tour of South America would shape England really into becoming world champions, but it also could have ruined them as they in on the tour. It was a bit of a clash between Captain Bobby Moore and manager Alf Ramsey. It wasn't patched over by the time the World Cup swung around, and Bobby Moore was uh, one of the names who almost didn't make the 22, believe it or not. Uh, Leeds Norman Hunter was um, almost taking his place. He would choose the 4-1-3-2 formation in the South American tour. It was a tour that wouldn't be shaped by results or by player experience or even by Alf Ramsey and his um, managerial experience. It was wholly choosing a new formation, which uh, they wheeled it out after the group stages, after the fairly nondescript group performance, which they were deemed as dull against Uruguay, where... Newspapers were were told not to print that uh, England could win the World Cup because it had become too uh, unrealistic. And even despite wins over France and Mexico, two two 0 victories, um, England would win a World Cup group. The crucial game, obviously, of the group was uh, Uruguay beating France as they joined England in the quarterfinals. Portugal met Brazil in their very very first World Cup, of course. Brazil were on for three in a row and joining them were other crack Eastern European teams, Hungary and Bulgaria, of course. Almost all of the 1962 team joined up for Brazil and um, unfortunately they would snub Carlos Alberto, but of course, more on him on a different rewind, of course. Pelé would be kicked out of the tournament and that led to his first retirement from the World Cup. He claimed that he, he couldn't put up with the uh, brutishness of the uh, the European game, essentially. And uh, Brazil wouldn't be joining Portugal in the quarterfinal. It would be Hungary. And um, it was disappointing for a returning manager, Vicente Feola. And uh, it was, in losing to Hungary, Brazil's first World Cup loss since 1954. Of course, Hungary still featuring a dazzling Florian Albert. Portugal, meanwhile, they had the great Eusebio and... Benfica were one of the preeminent global clubs of the time alongside the likes of Santos and Real Madrid. Finally, a World Cup, but it would be injuries later on to the goalkeeper Costa Pereira and defender Germano that would be uh, the Portuguese downfall. In the group, so they, con- they coasted through, benefiting from Hungary's own injured goalkeeper and a pretty poor Bulgaria side and sticking three beyond Brazil as Hungary had done. Elsewhere in the groups, we had West Germany, Argentina, Spain and Switzerland and a certain World Cup debut for Franz Beckenbauer. Here is a young midfielder scoring twice against a Swiss side who had previously been incredibly defensive, perhaps taught Italy everything they knew about about, uh, defensive football. Here, though, they had rather uh, thrown the baby out with the bathwater and uh, finished rock bottom. Uwe Seeler was the main man up front for the West Germans. He'd returned from a, a long injury to uh, qualify Germany against Sweden. Sweden still making heavy weather of uh, qualification after a golden period of the 50s. Argentina was still managed by Juan Carlos Lorenzo and they were expected to be as hard-nosed as ever and they, they proved so, kicking Luis Suarez out of the game in a 2-1 win over Spain, which essentially proved to be the difference between the quarterfinals and a, another group stage exit. And a nil-nil with West Germany effectively qualified the Albi Celeste. Argentina had hope, though, because in their half of the draw, essentially, 
Argentina had beaten both England and Portugal in the aforementioned tour, and they would be there if the if all went well, would be their knockout stage opponents, and if they could repeat the trick, well, they'd be in the final at Wembley, wouldn't they? Meanwhile, we had the Soviet Union, North Korea, Italy, and Chile. Italy, by far favourites in this group, but left, unfortunately, many stars at home, the likes of uh, Luigi Riva, Pat Asate, Pitche, Mora, and Corso, but they did have Sandro Mazzola. Unfortunately, he alone couldn't stop their elimination because it was the story of Pak Duik and the North Koreans. Pak Duik scoring the only goal of the game for North Korea, and uh, North Korea played all their games at Middlesbrough, establishing quite the base and uh, at Ayrson Park, and uh, were loved by the locals. Their fast counter-attacking, fluid football absolutely had Italy on their knees. They were only really at the World Cup because they only had to beat Australia and primarily because of Africa's boycott because Africa and Asia and Oceania in these days were only afforded one spot and um, essentially all those would be playing off with one another. North Korea, with no African teams to face, were free to qualify for the tournament. They would become the first Asian team to reach the quarterfinals and um, this would be a feat... Never repeated so far, recording these before the tournament, um, by an Asian team outside of Asia. Of course, South Korea would go on to better that in 2002, but of course, it was on home soil. The Soviet Union rather coasted to the group. They still had their two main, man, two main men, Valentin Ivanov up front and Lev Yashin in goal. Meanwhile, the reunion between Italy and Chile wasn't as chaotic as in Santiago, but as we'll get on to in a minute, the European-South American relations were hardly eased in 1966. Speaking of England versus Argentina, and um, the South American conspiracy would be reserved for this quarterfinal, as well as the Pele being kicked. But I tend to think that's more of a, a team just doing anything they can to stop what was the best player in the world at that time. So we have in the quarterfinal, England beating Argentina 1-0, Jeff Hurst scoring the winning goal, potentially offside, and also Rattan being sent off by the referee. Argentina almost forfeited the uh, the match there and then after the, uh, the sending off. But it would be conflicting reports about who would be booked or not. Bobby Charlton was apparently booked and didn't even know it. And uh, we go back to that man again, Ken Aston. He stopped at a set of la- traffic lights post-match. He was a fair uh, official for the uh, referees at this World Cup. And stopping at the set of lights, the idea of yellow and red cards were born. Of course, they wouldn't be available at that this World Cup. Alf Ramsey, meanwhile, he didn't cover himself in too much glory as he um, labelled the Argentines animals and in the background, the FA were doing all the groundwork to uh, keep him in the job, essentially. In terms of Portugal, their quarterfinal almost went to pot. They were playing Minos, North Korea, but found themselves 3-0 down. Yes, 3-0 down to North Korea. Essentially, Portugal turned the screw and uh, Eusebio scored four to counter-attack, counteract the counter-attacking Koreans. Easy for uh, me to say. He would score again, and um, despite Nobby Styles attempting, attempting to mark him out of the contest in the semi-final, but it was too little too late as Bobby Charlton had funded in two goals. England were in a World Cup final. Will we say that this year? (laughs) Anyway, let's go to the other half of the draw. We had West Germany. They had Uruguay and the Soviet Union to beat. Whilst England versus Argentina was a battle, so too was another clash between Europeans and South Americans in Germany versus Uruguay. Uruguay had two men sent off, fueling further the conspiracies. Obviously, this being a European World Cup and all four of the semi-finalists were European. West Germany nipped ahead through Helmut Haller, delivered late knockout blows in a 4-0 match that really wasn't too much of a 4-0 win. Uh, Beckenbauer was uh, putting in one of his first great World Cup shifts as well, scoring one and um, in the midfield against nine men, easily able to uh, to be instrumental for the West Germans. Meanwhile, the Soviet Union won out against Hungary as Florian Albert was pretty well marked out of the game and um, they would only be kept in the semi-final by 
against West Germany by Lev Yashin's saves. And again, it's it's not just a it's not just a European and South American thing about kicking players out of the game. It is here where the Soviet Union attempt to uh, pretty much injure Franz Beckenbauer. But it was essentially no use. Beckenbauer scored, so did Helmut Haller, and we would have England versus West Germany in the World Cup final. How did it go? Well, there's not much point uh, going through it blow by blow because it is ingrained into uh, English speakers the world over, I'm sure. West Germany would lead through Helmut Haller, quickly cancelled out by Jeff Hurst's header and Martin Peters looks to have scored the winning goal. Jeff Hurst has uh, since said he would have much preferred to uh, have the game wrapped up there 2-1, but it was Wolfgang Weber Weber equalising with one minute to go from uh, a sloppy corner which uh, England failed to deal with. And then you've got two contrasting goals in extra time, um, Alf Ramsey going famously with the line that England have won it once, they can win it again. And they did so through uh, two more goals from Jeff Hurst, a uh, a very, very controversial third, which um, would even itself over time in terms of England and Germany matches, of course, quite famously. And uh, the iconic fourth soundtracked by Kenneth Walston home. And this was the first hosts in uh, 32 years to win the tournament, but by, of course, no means the last and up until now, though, it is England's last World Cup trophy. Of course, we'll find out if they can do it. I'm recording these in advance of the tournament. They may not even be in the quarterfinals, but if they are, up the three Lions, and we'll be back tomorrow with all the coverage of the business end of the World Cup. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.